This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Welcome. Welcome. Today's interview is an episode I did with Marlon James about his new book, Moon Witch Spider King, which is a sequel to his huge blockbuster, Black Leopard Red Wolf. It is not a sequel in the traditional sense. Moon Witch does not pick up directly after the events of Black Leopard. Instead, um, Moon Witch Spider King is runs parallel in some ways um, to the events of, of Black Leopard involving a character who is... Um, first mentioned in the the first book um it's part of a trilogy so there's a third one coming and marlon talks about how um really these books can be read in any order um because of that because it's not like one then the other then the other in in linear fashion where you have where you are supposed to read them in order to understand what is happening you can actually read them in any order so if you have not read black leopard red wolf it's okay you can start with Moon Witch Spider King and then go back. You know, you're, you're, you can mix it, mix it up. You could wait until the third one comes out and start there. That is also an option. Um, <laughs> um, I will say during the interview, his his cute little dog kept making. You know, we're we're on a Zoom call. Animals show up, and he has the most adorable little dog. So Marlon, if you were listening, your dog is so cute. He looked like a little dachshund. He was wearing a, like a little green turtleneck. Oh my gosh. I, mm, so cute. So anyway, there you go. Marlon has an adorable dog. Fun fact. If you want to get a hold of the podcast, you can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And you can always email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. So... I think that's all I got for you. So I hope you enjoy this interview I did with Marlon James on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. So can you give our listeners a brief introduction to Moon Witch Spider King? So Moonwitch Spider King is the story of Sogolan, who is a 177-year-old kind of Avenger, vigilante hero for hire, who ends up being, you know, embroiled in this awful mess that we talked about already that happened in, in the events of Black Leopard, Red Wolf. But if you've read that novel, you may have a very strong opinion about her. And Moonwitch is here to say, you were completely wrong. And you may think you know the story, but this is how the story really went. And then she tells a story, which is in a lot of ways a bigger story than what Black Leopard told. And of course, him being the hero of Black Leopard, he's definitely not the hero this time around. <laughs> I know. It's the way you've structured these books, um, because it is a trilogy, I believe. So there's a, a mm-hmm. third one coming. Um, you know, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, a lot of it explores this basic idea of what truth is and 
you know, like you said, you come out of, of that book with an opinion of, of how things happened. And then you, you come with this book and you're like, maybe not. So mm-hmm. can you expand a little bit on why you really just wanted to write the books in this fashion? I, because I, I, you know, I was researching a lot of old folklore and mythology and the more I read those stories, particularly non-Western stories, is the more I realized how often these stories change and how important it was to show different perspectives of the same character or the same story. And sometimes even the same story told in just a different way. And um, that just was fascinating to me. And I, you know, um, and and, um, I became very interested in telling a story that way. Um, And I've done it in paragraphs and I've done it in like one pagers and so on. But to spend an entire novel in somebody's perspective, it means you have to go into that person's life. It's not just... It's not just their um, their view of the event. It's what has happened in their lives that shaped that view. Um, if you and I have two different values, we're going to look at something differently. You and I walk into a room and somebody's eating really, really hungrily. I might think, oh, my God, they're starving. And another person might think, oh, my God, that's a, gl- a glutton. Um, even though we're getting the same, we're getting the same, you know, visual data. Um, we, you know, it's, it's, you know, I may think the person is from... A, you know, a position of hunger, while other person may think is from a position of greed. Um, it's just how we perceive um, certain things, and and yeah, and that you know that carried over into um, just the whole story because um, both stories begin with the characters going back into their past, um, and Sugglands is very different from you know from Trackers, and yeah, and. You know, I became very, for me, even before, even before writing it, I became very fascinated with, well, what, what was the story before we entered this room to talk about a missing, presumed dead child? Um, how did we get here? And that's how that happened. Yeah, we should say that um, this is not a sequel in like the tr- like traditional sense of it, it taking place immediately after it in some ways it runs very parallel to mm-hmm. a lot of the events of a black leopard leopard red wolf um what sort of challenges did that pose for you as a writer you know trying to keep these two stories straight from these different yeah. perspectives well one of the challenges it posed was that i kind of had to trick myself into forgetting the first book mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, the, the trilogy has been written in a way in which you can start in any order you want. Um, but that means then I have to hit a balance between writing this book as if it's the first, but not having, lo- you know, long-term readers go through the tedium of going through the same damn thing over and over again. So I kind of had to forget Black Club Red. That was one reason. The other reason is it would be very easy for this book to simply be a response to the first book. Um, but that would imply that Soglan has heard Tracker's story, and she hasn't. Soglan hasn't read Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Right. <laughs> um, and her idea of what is important in a story, if you tell me something and I'm merely responding to what you told me, I'm going by what you thought was important. You know, I'm, I'm going by the, you know, I'm responding to that. If I haven't heard your story, I'm going to go by what I thought was interesting and what I thought was important, which may not be what you think. So I have to forget him. 
And the problem is I end up forgetting him too much and I end up rewriting <laughs> so much of the, the last part of the book. I'm like, oh, wait, the characters have to appear because I fell in love with Sutherland so much. I'm like, do these people have to show up? I actually got into an argument with my editor. I was like, you sure this has to happen? Can we just go on and say that was a product of Tracker's imagination and she's never met him? There you go. Yeah. It was hard. Like... It was hard. I had to rein that thing back in. I remember, oh right, trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm somewhat fascinated by the idea that you just said that you don't have to necessarily read them in, in a particular order, like starting with Black Leopard. Uh, Black Leopard Red Wolf. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that would change the story tremendously for readers, depending on which book and whose character point of view they start with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think the reader who starts with this novel goes in with such a, a, an intimate idea of of Sogon, but then you're you're enter, you 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 know have to deal with somebody else's perception, and that person thinks they're right. But you may very well think you just, well, I read Sogolon first. I read Sogolon first. I don't believe Tracker. Yeah. And there are people who would like, you know, I read Tracker first. I don't believe Sogolon. This is going to get even more complicated <laughs> when I read the third one. I mean, you signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moonwitch Spider King is told uh, linearly, which is a departure from the structure of the first one. Um, what was your decision in in deciding to sort of structure these stories and the narrative differently? Um, you know, it's funny because Moonwitch didn't start out linear. Um, it started out. I funny enough, the the um, the first the first thing I wrote in that novel is now I think on page three eighty four. Um, and but that scene made me too curious, I guess, about how did she get there? Um, you know, the novel, when I started writing it, she was on, on a ship in the mid, you know, about to go into a, a shipwreck. Hmm. And, and I was really into it. I'm like, I finally get to write a sea story. I've been, wait, I've been waiting for years. I get to use words like aft and starboard <laughs> and lower the mast. I've been dying for this. Also, I think I probably just read Moby Dick. Um, you know, I didn't finish Moby Dick. I don't, I'm not saying that to try to impress people. I still <laughs> <finished> it. <laughs> but yeah, so I got really interested in, in this type of sea yarn. But I kept thinking about how did she get here? And that took me way, 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 way back to just her, her very beginnings. And um, so, and that ended up being the beginning of the novel. It's, 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 it's read in a linear way, but it wasn't written that way. Mm -hmm. I, I love it because, you know, so often when it comes to writing, the advice is to always like start in the middle, right? Like mm -hmm. in media threads, that's where you start. And I'm, I'm loving that you're like, no, we actually have to sort of provide context for how they got there. And mm -hmm. now you have this like, whole book that's about that it's it's not the usual writing advice you'd see but I think it works for this book like it needed that yeah I mean the problem with writing advice sometimes is that sometimes what we're basically saying here's the one way to do something and there's no one way to write a book I mean there are no 10 ways to write a book there are no 100 ways to write a book um and and and, and not every book starts at the beginning middle and end 
um, stories, you know, stories don't work that way. Memory certainly doesn't work that way. And um, sometimes the structure of a novel is an act of editing, not writing. Um, because I, you know, I teach, I teach, you know, I teach, you know, eighteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds, and they're terrified about beginning a book. Yeah, the, the blank page scares them so much. I'm like, get over. It. Just start where you think you want to write, not even where you think it begins. Like, which which part? What's the part of the story that excites you the most? Start there, and sometimes that might actually end up being the beginning. Or you may, like what I did, you end up going back because you become fascinated by how she got to this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned in the beginning that part of the inspiration came from non-Western uh, folklore. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if there were any, um, because, you know, there's very much like a fantasy series, if there were any fantasy book in or movie or whatever inspirations that also played into this trilogy. Yeah, um, certainly Arabian Nights, um, which is, of course, mythology, folklore, all of it. Um, so much about Arabian Nights, including the way in which the story is told and the story within stories and and um what do you believe do you believe this but also that it's make-believe but especially depending on the translation you read a very adult Mm -hmm. um um book um i was inspired by a lot of the african epics um which are like the icelandic sagas like any viking novel um you know uh you know most of them are fantastical even when even when they're clearly based in say islam they're still you know the genie came out of Arabic stories. Um, okay. My dog is misbehaving. The genie, you know, so, so I, I went back to a lot of those older stories because, you know, the funny thing is the further you go with storytelling is the more similar they start to get. Mm. Um, we, they all have a great flood. Um, almost every mythology has a serpent eating its own tail. Um, and you start to, you, you realize, you know, maybe we really did all descend from the same people kind of thing. So it, it was going back to the very foundation of story itself. And um, it, that left me with a lot of things. One of, the, one of them definitely being to write a, write a novel that, that reads like it's supposed to be read aloud. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that idea of bringing you know oral storytelling back but in mm-hmm. book form somewhat yeah interesting and I, yeah I guess I hadn't really considered that if you do go back you know so many of the mythology and folklore they are really similar and just mm-hmm. they you know the same kind of creation of the world with maybe a, a few small edits mm-hmm. here and there depending There's on the so culture. many versions of the big bang theory you're like yeah. you're talking about big bang forever scientists where you come here <laughs> <laughs> for sure a little a little behind mm-hmm. the times there mm-hmm. um so uh black leopard red wolf came out a few years ago and i imagine that moon witch spider king a lot of it was written or some of it i'm assuming or at least edited was during the past two years of the pandemic mm-hmm. and i am mm-hmm. curious if your experience writing or editing or any book experience was different this time around because you were um, going through this pandemic, possible lockdown, mm. all of that? Um, I wonder about it because this is very much a pandemic novel. Um, I started writing it March, March 20, 
what was that 2020 i can't remember mm-hmm. it was 2020 yeah march 2020 and um and i pretty much finished it barrel maybe august september 2021 okay um so can you tell i had nothing to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a 650 page novel in like 18 months i, I mean you know it's 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 you know i've been talking to a lot of fantasy writers though and i think a lot of novelists couldn't do a thing during the pandemic i think the yeah. fantasy people in sci-fi did a lot because we're ex- we were, we're actually escaping the worlds that's unlike what we're living in and that became almost our drug yeah i couldn't wait to go back to this world even though lots of terrible things were happening in it so i do think um it gave me focus mm. um you know, it gave me, um, I don't know if it is, yes, it's Max poking his head. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gave me, yeah, I think um, the, the. I don't know, I'm trying to give if the sense of a threat looming hovered over this book, because it's, it, it's, it's there in, in Black Leopard as well, but it becomes almost a crucial almost political philosophy in in Moonwitch that Moonwitch and her her main adversary what they do what they actually have is two clashing visions of the future mm-hmm. and one is you know the the enemy coming from elsewhere kind of thing I don't know if the pandemic shaped that but it probably made it more paranoid yeah <laughs> okay um you know like I I like that you said that fantasy and sci-fi writers were provided an opportunity for themselves to escape a little bit into their stories. And I'm wondering if you think um, the same holds true for readers, especially as you mentioned, kind of looking, Mm -hmm. feeling hope for the future and what the future is, is maybe going to be like after all of this. Um, I wonder because so many of the stuff we're reading are so, so is so apocalyptic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When you put it like well, that, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know, sci-fi is having a moment. Um, I think you know it, it's it's even those novels we're still seeing a sort of triumph for the human spirit, and I think that's what we need. I think mm-hmm. in the face of a pandemic or so on, when we see people in say worse predicaments than us sailing through or at least discovering themselves i think that's inspirational um you know we also read so we can have more than one life um i think that's one of the reasons why i used to read four or five novels at the same time because i'm having four or five different lives yeah um you know at the same time and i think for readers that becomes super super important especially um hopefully we're coming out of this pandemic but it also meant one of the things this pandemic meant is long stretches of time being bored Mm. and long stretches of time doing the same thing. Um, And I think reading, it it doesn't surprise me that reading and books took off during the pandemic because it's the, it's the easiest way to have all these different lives. For sure. Uh, you mentioned that you've been talking to a lot of fantasy writers. I'm wondering if there's anything happening in the fantasy uh, writing sphere right now that you're really excited about for readers to, that they should know about. Well, I, you know, I, um, so my students turned me on to Papua. Okay. 
um and i'm very curious how that goes there's um a hero born jin i can't remember it's a japanese story max he's like we're not talking to me or about me is he uh, wearing a little sweater oh my he's gosh. wearing a turtleneck because max is fashionable nice <laughs> good to you max he's so cute <laughs> Um, no, I forgot my question because Max distracted me. Max. I was just asking um, if there was anything happening in the fantasy world right now that you're excited about. I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, one, I'm constantly excited about what's happening in YA mm-hmm. and how they're exploring um, particularly identities, queer, queerness and queer and trans and so on. And, and you know, the YA novels routinely get there first. So I always pay attention to, to that. Um, you know, it's it's there. There are also so many other um, fantasy novels that are really delving into African myth and legends, like what Tomi Adeyemi is doing, and so on. And I'm very. It's just interesting. It's like all these writers are pulling from these new reservoirs, which is not to knock old fantasy or you know what we usually read in fantasy novels. I mean, that's the reason why, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm here and why I write them even, you know, despite writing the other novels that I've, I've written. But yeah, I am I'm very, very interested in what's happening with fantasy and queer voices in particular. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. And it, it, I think you're right that YA tends to get there first and mm-hmm. adult is a little bit further behind. So I'm still waiting for novels to catch up with Weetsy Bat, Francesca Leo Block series. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, the first one is currently being adapted uh, with Michael B. Jordan. Can you give us any updates on that or if you're involved in any way? Um, you know, like a lot of things, COVID added two years to the, to the timetable. Yeah. Um, so we're still, we're kind of back where we were, where we just beginning, we're, you know, finalizing the scripts and then taking it from there. Should be exciting. Should be exciting. Do love Michael B. Jordan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have loved talking to you. I just have one question left, which is mm-hmm. what do you hope readers take away from reading Moon Witch Spider King? You know, I hope they take away that there were there is more to this character than what they may have previously known, that the story is bigger than what they have previously known. And that, you know, that um this was a woman with a lot to say. Um, and that um, you know, it, I mean, she's a 177-year-old black woman, so she has zero to give. Um so but also, you know, what it what it means to, you know, survive and thrive, to live, to lose to live big, to lose big, but to still live and and so on. Um, um, you know, Sugland ends the novel almost on a very positive, I'm just biding time with y'all until a more interesting party happens. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because you know, she's one just seven to seven years old. She'll probably have another 100 years to go. So she's just she, you know, it, it, it for her, the novel ends in a way that suggests she's just getting started. And I think, you know, that that can be important for those of us who sometimes think we're in our rut or we're over. Hmm. I love it. Marlon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. 
readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.